Okay. So this is the best story. I, I think I told you guys my ancestral hometown in Mississippi. It was a dry county. Like when I grew up, you had to drive 15 miles in one direction or 30 miles or in the other to get to, to liquor stores, or you could just, you know, buy from a bootlegger like most people did. And like 71% of the people voted for alcohol and the, the city council finally passed resolution saying that you could, I think they're going to be able to sell the first day is going to be December 30th. And they passed a bunch of rules, which are like super sane. You know, no outdoor marketing, nothing visible, visible from the street. But when you go into stores, you will be able to purchase alcohol. So we're super excited about that. It'll be the first New Year's Eve in which you can buy alcohol in Boonville. And the best part about this, my sister turns 50 on the 28th. So uh, we're having a party for her. My niece or my nephew, I forget, I don't know who, had went to the city council and got us a variant for the event hall that we're using. So my sister's 50th birthday party is going to be the first event in Boonville in which alcohol is going to be legally available. And we're very excited about that. Let's go like the day before sales are legal. We're going to be able to, to possess it in the event space and distribute. And only if they'll allow dancing Oh, <laughs> quite a ways away. Young man. <laughs> so, uh, has has it been a dry county since like Prohibition or something? Yeah, since before Prohibition. Holy cow! Yeah, since the establishment of the laws. Hundred years of no booze. Yeah, like since the creation of the state in like you know, eighteen eighty whatever. As an, as an Australian, I say that just fundamentally offends my sensibilities. Um, you know, Australia being a, 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 a continent the size of the continental United States, awash in an ocean of booze. So we surf on beer. You know, we don't, we don't even bother about that salt water stuff. So this is actually pretty damn cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. I mean, do you have any idea how hard it was to, to be born with the urges I was born with in a place where it was that difficult to us? to acquire the necessities. Um, There's a whole nature versus nurture discussion. Here, <laughs> so if it had been available, <laughs> would you, would the urges have been quite as strong? Or are you just like all three of us fairly irreverent and, and just want to buck the system? Yeah, I have. No, I think I just wanted to drink. <laughs> <laughs> I think I understood from a, a young age that libation was important. Yeah, that, that's very true. Once, 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 once I started, it just became a a thing that waxed and waned. But it was, you know, I, I didn't go through the crazy that I saw a lot of people go through, where they just had no control over it. I I took it right up to the limit a couple of times. But as <laughs> uh, the guy who lit a bar on fire, <laughs> right? <laughs> there is In that. A there, there are other stories too. Can I point out? <laughs> lit a bar on fire and ran out. <laughs> Well, well things, things seem under control here. I'm going to go. <laughs> well, my job here is done. So my plan for this is to go the you know the first day that they're going to legally sell alcohol in Boonville. Uh, I'm going to go be as drunk as humanly possible in as many public places as I can. I am going to be everything <laughs> that they were afraid of for 400 years. <laughs> Amazing. See, that just makes me want to join you because I'd be so good at that. Right. No, I mean, we can go terrorize a small town. It'll be great. <laughs> Maggie's pregnant. She can drive. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to, I don't know even know how to start the episode today. Should we just start? Tell you what, I'll take it off your plate. I'll try and do a lead in. And, and then when that fizzles, you can pick it up and, and look like the hero. Um, <laughs> Not the hero we need. <laughs> it's the hero you're going to get. <laughs> yeah. So, so what we thought we'd do today is is like really just do a little bit of a look back as a as the at the first year in the life of the modern dandies, and and then talk a, a bit about what going into next year looks like for for us because this is all about a conversation. And thank you for everyone who's been listening and and you know, sitting in on the side of us 
well, basically being us. And as as one of the you know, original creators of this, it's really interesting for me to note that there are still almost no podcasts that follow this format. Now, there might be a reason for that, but <laughs> <laughs> in the interim is is that there is there's nowhere else where four people get together, four, four men get together and talk about openly about issues of, of manliness and what it means to be successful and, and really what friendship means in the modern era. And, and so we hope that you have enjoyed following us on this journey. Shout out to the people that I met over the last 10 days who actually do listen. And, and I think it's a significant proportion of our audience. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a and, pretty good sample size. <laughs> and gave me some feedback. So Joe and, and uh, I think Aaron, I think you, both of you, both of you listen uh, and Sam and uh, Greg, uh, Brad, uh, all of you, thank you for your feedback. And uh, and so now, Wes, I'm going to go back over to you where I'm stopping being awkward. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Modern Dandies Guide to Manliness. I have had a wonderful year, you know, for both Josh and Mudcat. I've really enjoyed getting to know the both of you. So coming right out of the gate, some of the things that have been excellent for me are just this uh, this group of the four of us and being able to talk openly and and just hear other people going through similar things, similar questions, similar comments, uh, but all from different backgrounds and, and different locations. That's been really fun. But we wanted to dive a little deeper and not just talk about what we've enjoyed, but maybe some of the things we've learned as well. Main thing, and this reiterates a little bit what you said. Like, I just enjoyed getting to know all you guys in in a different way than I did before. You know, in West meeting you for the first time. You know, I guess it was a two years ago that we, that we first uh, yeah had our, two, our fortuitous meetup in, in in New York City. We met um, on the streets of New York City. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and, and here we are again today. Um, but you know, you, you were just sort of like this guy that that Liam knew, and 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 you know, it's been great getting to to know you, and and, and you know, Mudcat is someone I've known, you know, tangentially and professionally for for a while, but but you know, really getting to to spend some time, you know, getting to know you as a person, and and you know, the same with you, Liam. Uh, I guess I probably knew you the best coming in, but you know, not for a terribly long time. You know, I, I think we, we all have some pretty cool perspectives on things and, and, and have gone through some shit and, and come out the other side. And, you know, it's just been fun having a place to, to talk about that. Yeah, I will echo all of the points about you know, friendship and camaraderie. And look, we get to have our friendship on a conference call. Um, <laughs> we, we <laughs> managed to, to, you know, condense the, the quintessential coffee shop bar hangout experience down to something that can you know, happen and be transmitted out into the world to, you know, other people. Um, and it, you know, it has been a ton of fun to do. Also, there's literally a joke on Twitter about, uh, it's okay to piss off a white guy because what's Matt going to do? Go start a podcast. Uh, <laughs> thank you for enabling me to be seen on the internet. Um, so grateful for all of that. And frankly, like the most fun about this is that we have these things recorded now and they're out in the world. And, uh, you know, whenever I miss my friends, I can just go like fire up our old conversations. Any, any uh, anything else from uh, the, the past year? Um, well, it's been just a big year. I mean, I think you guys all know uh, I am about to be a father. Uh, Maggie and Hooray! I are expecting me. Um, Huge May. applause noise. Yeah, and you know that happened rather quickly and completely unplanned. <laughs> well um, basically, immediately after we got engaged and. Yeah, and she's moved in now, and yeah, we're like, you know, settled down into domesticity, which is like a, you know, giant life change for me. Um, and this has been a nice way to focus thoughts that were happening organically because of the things that were happening in the world. Yeah, you know, about yeah, you know, being a father, being a man, being a partner. Um, it's been nice to to have 
yeah, both uh, a place to think about those things and an audience to 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 bounce them against. Yeah, you're going to be the first dandy dad. Yeah, of the cast. This is true. Cat daddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a shirt, <laughs> or at least a onesie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh my goodness, uh, Liam. How about you? What? Uh, what are some things that you actually you know what do you do you mind if I just jump in and, and no, you uh, should ju- you should jump in because yeah. I'd like to I'd like to like close up on this yeah one. close it out yeah, yeah I I will say uh, one thing that that I've particularly learned from going through this is that uh, I'm not the only person who has these thoughts uh, these thoughts in quotes could be any of the number of topics that we have discussed but just generally I'm not the only person who is questioning my own actions. Uh, certainly my wife questions my actions. No, the, uh, <laughs> um, you know, the fears, the uncertainties, the doubts, Liam, you had said something, uh, a couple of episodes ago when we were, we were talking about, uh, men are lost and, and the, that it's good to, uh, be uncertain that it's okay to take things that you thought were certainties and to make them uncertain and that that's really how you grow. And that was something that, I had thought about and had probably said out loud, but realized uh, throughout this year that uh, I I did not have that confidence. I did not, you know, as things became uncertain for me, it was very terrifying and very uh, difficult to deal with. But to hear other people say, no, that's a good thing. Trust me, it's okay. That was very nice. So it allows you to grow. And when we talked about uh, Josh, you had said the the now infamous, probably inaccurate and very paraphrased quote of, you're not a man until you're 40, <laughs> which we're just going to continually butcher and butcher. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. So I'm, I think I'm 38, somewhere in that range. And uh, <laughs> so I'm like, oh yeah, I think back of even things I did last year and how childish some of them were. So this has been very helpful for me selfishly just to talk with the three of you and to hear then audience members that I run into kind of give feedback or compliments or constructive criticism and to know that finally white cisgender men have a voice. (laughs) (laughs) No, the the truth is uh, one of, one of my favorite females uh, who I married, uh, not joy. I, I officiated, they live in Seattle. And when I asked them to listen to this podcast, she had said, great, four white guys talking about their feelings. (laughs) But then she listened to it and said, wow, I really like what you guys are doing because you're breaking away from that stereotype and you're showing that there is a path for people to become better. Uh, Whether they're not really that terrible, they're just growing and it's just a natural event or they are terrible. And if they want to become better, there is a way to do that. Uh, not through finger pointing or blaming or anything like that, but just to reflect. And, uh, so that's something that I've always thought, but because we've been doing these episodes, it's become practice and that's been excellent for me. So thank all of you. Thank you to all of you. Uh, thank you too. Um, uh, I, I think I mean, it was an interesting. It's been a sort of confl- it was a confluence of circumstances we've talked about before that led to the foundation of this podcast. And for me, one of the drivers was that tendency I mentioned in in a previous podcast for when I move on from something, I tend to leave people behind and not. And that's part of my own insecurities about about friendship and whether people actually like me or whether they're just dealing with me because you know we have to get things done. And one of my great regrets uh, of being the oldest is having not maintained a lot of those friendships with people simply because I was so focused and driven to move forward. And this has been contemplative for me as well and fun. And the fun part is great. Uh, And... And, and and equally, it's just been a time to bring all of you together as some of my closest friends and start like sharing our thoughts. And case in point, when I was in Nashville 
about six weeks ago, whenever it was, Mudcat and I went out and we had a classic Liam and Mudcat evening where we moved gently from bar to bar. We were very responsible. We did get free tacos. So I'm just going to throw that one out there. Um, but again, like we were talking about financial decisions, how we arrived at financial decisions, how we how we made some big life decisions. And again, it would have made and will make a fantastic podcast because I think a lot of people don't get to hear how other friends, how groups of people actually address and solve and ask for advice on on problems. And all of you have given me advice over the years and all of you have contributed to decisions that I make about who I am and and how I act and behave. And I'm happy to share most of that. Uh, and and again, it's for me, it's just a real appreciation of the fact that we have been able to stick with this and keep having these conversations. And as, as Mudcat said, you know, it, it's, it's friendship via conference call, but tell you what, wouldn't change it. And I'm very glad that other people are actually enjoying it. I'm trying to think of a good piece of advice I gave you. And I think the only thing that can come up is that I told you to buy a LeBaron. <laughs> <laughs> you should, you should buy that fine piece of car. <laughs> and a fine piece of advice that was. For, if, if people haven't listened to the last episode, go back and listen to the last episode, which was the, the drunken ramblings at the end of the, of, the, of, the, of the talking timepieces episode about the LeBaron. <laughs> I, I would just quickly add that uh, you and Mudcat talking about macro macroeconomics, I think is correct, uh, was was actually thoroughly enjoyable. Uh, and <laughs> and, and I think, learning I think about both Mudcat uh, and I have have a professorial tendency that, mm-hmm. uh, but Bob's just not in the US. Um, <laughs> and and uh, but I think I mean I mean it's been on our list of things to talk about. It's like making good financial decisions as a man, how to do that. And I, I think, you know, Mudcat, you and I looking back at some of the decisions, like things that we'd talked about, some of the, well, let alone talking about the billion dollar project and some of the other thought pieces that we've done over the years, I think would be really, would be really good. You mean we should tell the world about the time we tried to start a bank? Yes, absolutely. Ooh. Absolutely. Now you mean like a traditional bank, not a cryptocurrency. <laughs> we would have made a lot more money in a cryptocurrency. It's true. Cryptocurrency is a bullshit, but people yeah. are stupid. So, yeah, absolutely. And we, 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 that was a missed opportunity because we could totally have respun the Savoy concept to being to being a crypto. Yeah, I crypto mean, the, the core idea of this was that we were going to bet on people who were likely to be high net worth individuals in the future. And it was really before the economic trend had been established that millennials like myself are going to die poor. So uh, there may not be mm-hmm. high net worth individuals to bank on in the future. So, so I, I'm, I'm adjusting the whole basic principle to identify the people who have that potential and then you kill off their elderly <laughs> relatives so they inherit the money earlier. <laughs> I mean, I'm just taking Goldman Sachs's model and just like adjusting it a little bit. Instead of killing right. everybody, we target specific people. Exactly. And then we have the beneficiaries banking with us and, and you know, bingo. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're basically facilitating wealth transfer. <laughs> Yes. Meet Goldman's new head of client acquisition, John Wick. <laughs> it's a little bit of the French Foreign Legion, too, I think, there. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, so <laughs> that's something that I want to hear about in the year to come. What were some of the favorite topics that you guys had uh, from from this uh, previous year? Uh, Mudcat, what was some of the favorite topics that you, we've covered so far for you? I alluded to this earlier. I sat down. Um, I couldn't sleep the night and just like you know played a bunch of our old episodes. The ones I like best. Um, but I mean, the the incel episode and the wiremen lost. Uh, I think are the reasons. Yeah, you know, why we started doing this thing. Um, and you know, some of those things are insightful and funny, and you know, might make the world a better place. The one on luggage and weekend trips. I also particularly enjoyed. And the one on grooming, when we talk about face stuff and shaving, uh, the variety of perspectives was illuminating. And the shaving one 
first made Liam be better at shaving and then convinced him to grow a beard. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very what that's age? very true. I mean, talking about things that influence the behavior is just like going, oh, and like the whole conversation uh, with the three of you talking about getting through the itchy phase and 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 you know managing the face for was you know two things is there I, I adopted the traditional safety razor with the disposable blades uh, and despite mudcat's terrifying description of seeking the sweet release of death when he first uh, first cut himself uh, badly shaving I persevered and th- and then the the whole conversation about the, the the growing the beard so for the first time in my adventure this year and I have one adventure a year that I, I tell you, do something that I've never done before has been the beard growing. Oh, and the podcasting, obviously. <laughs> but uh, beardy podcast. I was really disappointed when after going, when I was in Colorado and I went to see Mudcat in, in, in Nashville and I turned up and going, we are finally going to be the all-bearded dandies and Mudcat was clean-shaven. It was like, oh, damn it. Just days away, days away from being a fully so bearded close. dandy, so dandy crew. <laughs> Um, Josh, what were some of your favorites? We got into this because we wanted to have some real conversations about like what men are doing to society these days. And, and those have been, you know, I think the most, the most interesting conversations where we, we all bring different perspectives in, um, I mean, shoes was great. Shaving was great. But, you know, I think for me, what I really value and, and what I, I think, what we can bring to folks is, you know, some of these uncomfortable conversations about, you know, what is manliness. And you know, we, we, we joked about, you know, the, the four, four white guys sharing their feelings, but you know, there's really no space for that. And I, I, I enjoy the episodes where we get to be part of, you know, making that conversation accessible to more people. Very true. It, it resonates with me also just that hoping that through our shenanigans and our sense of humor and our, and our open conversations that if nothing else, we're at least showing that the conversations can be had without, without them having to be a chore also. I find that some of my favorite moments, it's kind of a toss up and I, and I, I question whether are we being our most honest selves when we are being serious or are we being our most honest selves when we're cutting loose and having fun and, and not knowing, and, and maybe it's both, maybe all of it is true. That's probably more likely uh, because there are certainly times where we can't get Josh and Mudcat on a call and Liam and I will just talk for 20 minutes about nothing <laughs> and it's thoroughly enjoyable. It's not very <laughs> enlightening. <laughs> I think we, I can't remember. We've had a couple of episodes where they're just about nothing, and uh, <laughs> I, I think some of the some hey, of it the worked for Jerry Seinfeld. Yes, that's true, and they're and they're a you lot know, of fun. You can't. I, th- I think one of the key things for me is you can't slap people in the face with a dead fish all the time. Not all the time. There's there is part of this about making, and this is and we we do this when we talk to each other, and this is the thing. It's like this is not an artifice. We talk to each other, we'll have a serious conversation, we'll then go off on some kind of random, amusing tangent because you know, we've, we've burned through our emotional capacity to, to process the difficult subject. And I, 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 that is actually one of the things I like because I think that's actually genuine. There are plenty of shouty, opinionated shows out there that, going back to it, are really just trying to play people for their emotional reaction and anger is the easiest one to generate. But that's not real. That is that is a technique that is used to play upon people and to play people to achieve an outcome. And when we talk to each other, we will have pretty in-depth conversations. We will then spin off into something and then laugh like crazed gibbons for for like half an hour and then we'll come back to the subject and and that's just more of a natural communication style so i like that fact and i think where's to your point we're all pretty open and honest and genuine people particularly when we're talking with each other and that's one of the things that i like and it's one of the things i notice and when i go back and listen to some of the episodes is that you know there isn't a lot of you know trying to tell people what they want to hear 
and we aren't here to propound a particular point of view except to be ourselves. Right, exactly. What do you think we should be trying to achieve next year? What, what do you think we should be doing more of? What should we be doing more of? What are some specific things that you yourself would like to see this show achieve? I miss the in-person conversations and the bottles of bourbon that generally go with it. And uh, I think it was great for building our dynamic. I think that would be a good objective. At least do some road trips and at least do some times together. The other thing that I would love to see, and we've talked about it before, is I'd love to get the dandy ladies back and to have them in an unmoderated, i.e. not us moderating, yes, conversation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally because I, I, that was my probably my favorite episode. Uh, was was the dandy ladies mudcat how about you goals for next year um yeah i want to see you guys more often spend more time with you especially wes who i never get to see um and (laughs) i do think you know the dandy road show you know dandies take new orleans for a weekend dandies take vegas for a weekend new york you know uh doing a weekend in la and just yeah doing Providing listeners with more of an in-depth view of how we actually live and go about these places would be just a hell of a good time. I just want to open with Genesis. I can't dance. <laughs> just walk out on stage. <laughs> we, we, we could fill an auditorium or a small living room with our or a phone booth with our. Um. <laughs> What's a phone booth? (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag look it up on the internet. Or worse Um, yet, what's that Clark Kent? Oh, it's a phone booth. No, no. What's his job? What is that? Print media? What is that? (laughs) Journalist. (laughs) Journalist. As as, as someone who's a newspaper major in college, I'm going to, you know, slow your roll there. What is, uh, Josh, what are some things that you would like to see us achieve? Uh, I like to bring back print journals. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I mean, yeah, yes, I think all of us getting together would, would be a whole lot of fun. And I think, you know, it makes some of these conversations better because we're able to see each other and see our, our, our reactions and, and feed off each other's energy that way. Um, I want to continue having, you know, some of those, those real like hard conversations and hopefully, um, you know, bring some more folks in. Uh, we, we've talked about having guests on from time to time, and I think we've done mm-hmm. that just once or twice. Get some other perspectives in here. Get some other other thoughts, and you know, maybe have conversations about things that none of us necessarily feel qualified to talk about on our own, or you know, have some conversations that you know an additional person would facilitate that we may not arrive at on our own. So yes, guests. If you would like to be a guest on the Modern Dandy's Guide to Manliness, email us at themoderndandy.life. Please. <laughs> Please. Yeah, just I agree with that, Josh. Yeah, we need to have some guests and to get some folks who could either offer a little bit of expertise on some of the things we discuss or at least a, a different perspective. Uh, that's a great insight. Before we switch over and start talking about just the holidays in general, Liam, we we mentioned a little bit about it with your shaving habits. Uh, I want to ask everybody else, uh, was there any piece of advice or a discussion from our show that changed your own behavior? Josh, how about you? Anything that we talked about, you're like, oh, crap, let me me think about that. And then you made a change. Uh, I, I have a hard-sided suitcase now. That that is definitely one thing. <laughs> um, and, and have really actually enjoyed the ease that it, that it brings to my travels. Yeah, I, I don't do a lot of shaving. Uh, anyone who's <laughs> anyone who's seen my my my, my substantial beard knows that. Um, but no, I, we've had some conversations that have made me re-examine my own behaviors. And, you know, I can't specifically say, you know, which one more than others at the moment, but yeah, it's a little bit of self-reflection that, that has gone on, you know, at some point in every episode, I I think it's less a specific thing where, you know, like I switched my razor or grew a beard or 
change my shoes uh, other than the suitcase that, you know, having these conversations definitely pulls out and, and makes you re-examine. I think that just from having these conversations with you, Josh, probably changing your luggage is the only thing that you probably had to change after listening to us <laughs> because you've tended to be really the rock while the three of us, you know, can dance around an idea. You, you tend to come in with a sentence or two that make the rest of us go, mm, yes, <laughs> that, that is the right way to say it or think it. <laughs> so I'm not surprised. Thank you for sharing that though. I, what did you get away? What was the, I actually am very curious. What luggage did you get? I, I did get away. And is it everything that the ads make us believe? It's pretty great. Um, not a sponsor. Old, not a sponsor. <laughs> uh, I actually just, just read an article Yet. the last couple of days came about like how terrible the, the, the work culture is there. Yeah. I, I read that uh, as well. Um, oh no. Yeah. But the suitcase actually makes my travel much, much easier. Fits in the overhead every, <laughs> fits in the overhead every time. Very good. Organizes my stuff well. All right. So great product. Not maybe a great company, but uh, <laughs> also not a sponsor. Um, yeah. Totally failed on the be nice, don't be a dick uh, rule for executives as well. So you're saying that there's a lot of baggage? Oh. Ouch. Hey. Ouch. Uh, it hurts. That actually just... physically hurt. <laughs> I might, that one might get cut. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, leave it. Leave it in. It leave was, it in. You got to own. You got to own these failures. <laughs> yeah, it, it just undermines your cool. That little bit makes us seem more normal. Um, <laughs> the cat. Uh, yeah, I tried earlier this year to to grow a beard, and even following Josh's sage advice, um, yeah, still couldn't pull it off, and. Yeah, you know, that has been, yeah, you know, my my biggest yeah you know, style improvement slash change over the year. But in the bigger sense, um, this has reminded me that I need to make stuff. That you know, you, you have to make stuff. You have to have art. You have to have means of expression that are outside you know your your day gig. And this has really encouraged me to do more and be more productive in terms of you know my own writing painting art making etc like having having the art at the end of the day has actually been uh one of the the highlights of the year that's actually one of the core reasons why i wanted to create uh this and and to take on some of the production was exactly that uh i i had zero creative efforts or projects in my life and coming from, you know, a music background, a performance background to really not have anything was negatively impacting my life in ways that I wasn't being honest about. And so that's, that's been a huge uh, thing for me. Liam, other than shaving, was there anything, uh, any piece of advice or discussion uh, that has affected you? Well, you're quite a lot actually. And I'll, I'll go with Mudcat as that, that a big part of this was putting that effort into connecting and trying to be creative. And it's been one of those areas where with the, just the volume of other stuff on my plate is that I haven't been able to contribute as much to the, the blog side and the, the Instagram side as, as I'd originally intended and as I'd started out at the beginning of year aiming for. And that's, that's part of my, my goals going into next year is to, is to make sure that I carve out enough time to do that. On the other hand, there was just a general aspect of this that I found really interesting that I hadn't anticipated, which is that my confidence in talking about these issues with other people and my confidence in my expressing my thoughts constructively went up really quickly with doing this podcast. I think along with that came a much broader awareness of the areas that we were talking about and interest in the areas that, that, that we were, that we've been covering and how important they were. And, and that was really interesting to me because I kind of knew that they were important. We had talked about it being important, actually sharing it and putting the effort in gave me a lot more confidence in actually promoting people to 
really build friendships and men to build friendships and to talk with the people around them. And, uh, and I've captured a lot of that going back to Mudcat's point is that I like writing and, and I also, I like art. I, I love Mudcat's art. I, I don't quite have the space or the bandwidth for that at the moment, but I also like cartooning. I was, I was a relatively talented cartoonist a long time ago. And so, so part of what I'm looking to do with going forward is capturing some of our key points in, in little cartoons and, and you'll find them on our, uh, Instagram and, and on our, our, uh, our other sort of media posts as we, as we go forward. I'm going to try and do one an episode or at least two out of every three episodes. I'll try and create a cartoon that we can post for is one of my objectives going into next year. Oh, and I'm going to hold you to that because I selfishly just really want that to happen because I, I do know how funny and witty you are and uh, your doodles are excellent. So I, that is something that Liam, you will, you will find me nagging you about <laughs> because yeah, I just, nagging, I just want them. Actually good. <laughs> I just, I just want it. <laughs> Can I point out one other thing that I was thinking back was um, when I went back and listened to some of the original episodes is that I thought I came across as like very serious, very grumpy and, and I'm really not. And that was a real learning thing for me. Was was that going? I am tend to be irreverent and have a a, a pretty skewed to the funnier side of life perspective. And in some of the earliest podcasts, I really thought that none of that came through. Uh, uh, and so it was it was making sure that my actual persona came through rather than the. The, the grumpy, shouty, shouty old man persona was 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 a real revelation to me. You can also now tell me that I'm actually just a grumpy old man. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Wes, so what, what do you think? What are you looking forward to going into next year? Uh, well, I just want to tell you a piece of advice that I got. And uh, I you know, there are many serious ones, but what, what was a very tangible thing that I was very excited about uh, was matching patterns because before I, d- I could not do it. I never would. I would always wear a solid shirt if I had a pattern suit or a solid suit if I had a pattern shirt and I was terrified to do anything else. I just did not know. And after our episode where we talked about it and Liam, you shared that post with your like master level <laughs> blend. <laughs> <laughs> I got the confidence to try it. And I went uh, also another piece of advice. I went to Charles Turret, not a sponsor yet. Yeah. And bought 24 button down shirts <laughs> and uh, got it just this idea that, you, you know, you can't just buy one white button down and be like, great, that's my white button down because then you're going to ruin it no matter how well you maintain it. So I have like four white button downs now and I've like, I don't have two purple shirts. I have like five purple shirts in different patterns or solids. And, and then you can (laughs) blend these with our Indochino suits, not a sponsor yet. Uh, (laughs) And so I just had this huge freedom of what I could do with my wardrobe uh, based on that one conversation really gave me the guidance of what I could do. And I hope that other listeners got that as well, because as much as we want this to be about uh, being a better person, a better human being and redefining what manliness is and trying to get that toxicity out of that. Uh, it's also just about self-expression and having the tools to do it. So transitioning, what do I want to kind of get into that, that next year is just, I would love to be able to keep that going. Uh, just the, the fashion part of what we're doing, because I find it very fascinating as well. And I'm more than happy to contribute to that one. Yeah. Yeah. I also am looking very forward to uh, the next Who's Your Dandy Out episodes. Yes. I'd love to get back to those. But in the interim, can I just point out that the weather gods can just go fuck themselves for, for shortening <laughs> fall? <laughs> they I got took like fall away, three yeah. weeks of fall. They took fall away. They canceled fall. And it's just like, and I go just straight into winter clothing. And I've got great winter clothing, but my winter clothing tends to be dark and of, of like that darker palette because I think, you know, winter, serious, dark cloud, look like a vampire, you know, all good shit. But, you know, just like going just after we'd had the episode on 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 fall fashion, it's just like literally, ha sucker. And it's gone. Yeah. Fall canceled. <laughs> Have some winter. And it's just like, damn it. 
Well, oftentimes I don't get to complain to anyone on this, you know, regarding travel or anything like that. But in this case, none of you can complain to me about weather because I now live, <laughs> I now live in Massachusetts. And the other day we got like over a foot of snow <laughs> and the rest of the world was like, oh, it's chilly out. <laughs> so if you want to talk about fall going away, it was like, oh, my wife had to walk to work uphill in snow both ways. Uh, and I didn't even know if I was going to get out of the airport or not. I was like, oh, yes, this is what people were talking about. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, winter can go fuck itself. I will say, though, I went uh, to Uniqlo mm. and I got the extra heavy of their heat tech. Uh, Uniqlo, not a sponsor yet, but I am wearing the Long John sweater as a sweater uh, because it's warm enough. And I tailored it into some of my fall stuff with just some long. So it actually is working out okay um, for that. It's freezing, but it's not snowing or raining. But did you get some ankle scarves? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I tattooed ankle scarves on my ankles. Uh. All right, Transist, let's talk about the holidays because it is winter. How do you set kind of that end of year, uh, beginning of next year resolutions? Like what what are some of your traditions as far as wrapping up the year, starting fresh for the next year? So I, I, I don't do traditional resolutions. They've, they've never really worked for me. They've never really made sense for me. What I tend to do is that I, I sit down every year and, and sort of roughly sketch out what I want to achieve. And that's different to a resolution. Because like resolutions, I'm going to lose some weight. You know, I'm, I'm you know, going to do blah. And I... I take a more holistic view of what I want to do. And I, I actually identify professional goals, personal goals, health goals, and often the creative goals effectively, and then sit down to say, I'm, these are what I want to do over the next year. And I think I've commented previously is that every year I pick one or two things that I've never done before or never been good at. And often some of those I continue to not be good at. And I put those out there as goals. And you know, learning to sail or riding a bike or baking bread or, or something like that. And I put that out there as a goal. But I also put in goals about, look, here are some of my high-level you know, personal and financial goals. Here are some of my, my social goals. You know, I want to make friends. I want to do the podcast. For example, this was part of last year's goal was you know, find ways to connect more with my and stay connected with my friends. The podcast was a tactic to achieve that. And, and it's worked really well, and, and I'm really happy with everything that we're doing. And so for me, I create this, this plan, and I write it down, and it's, it's less than half a sheet of paper. You can probably fit most of it on the back of you know, a, a, a three-by-two index card, and then I just keep that with me, and I keep that near me, and every so often I'll check in and go, how am I doing against some of these goals? Okay, I need to do, I want to do that goal. I need to do this. Have I achieved it? How am I going to go about getting there? But they're very objective-based and, and often quite broad. That's good because it, it, what I'm hearing there of over everything else is, is that checking back in. I know that in the past that's been you know, a problem for me. It's like, okay, you set the goal, you go about doing it, but then do you ever check back in to see how you're doing against it? The other thing for me, just real quick, and I'll let Josh Mudcat go, is that setting it, it has to have a quantifiable, uh, a measurable uh, success. You have to define what achievement means. Um, so if you just say something like, oh, I'd like to eat better. What the fuck does that mean? I want to be fitter. I'm going to go to the gym four times a week. I can go to the gym four times a week and lie down in the yoga room and have a nap. You know, it, which is spectacular, by the way. Which is actually <laughs> not disagreeing with that. But I completely agree. I mean, it has to be measurable and specific. You know, that's the old smart thing. Specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. It, it, it has to be something that, that is big enough that – but also – you know, a lot of people, I think, when they do the resolutions, they're talking about things that are tactical, to your point, is that they're not, they're talking about a specific activity rather than objective. And to me, objectives can be reached through many ways. If you're committing to a tactic, uh, then anything can get in the way and trip it up. However, if you've got an objective, your, tact your tactics on achieving that are going to change. 
or they can change. You know, your initial plan might be completely bogus because you're traveling all the time. So you can't, you know, you can't get to orange theory, you know, three times a week. And, and then you go, Oh, I can't do that. Then you give up on it. If it's, if it's to get fitter and, and you know, say, I want to get to this certain point in time and, and, you know, like my one fitness measure, I have single fitness measure that I always use. And that's my belly diameter. I don't care about any other measure. I don't care about my weight. I don't care about how much I lift. I don't care about anything. I've got one single fitness measure and that's my belly diameter and, and it's just over the years i've worked out for example that's the the best indicator of how he- how healthy i am everything else are are corollary to that and are corollary to that so if i say to myself well i want to get back to down back to being a, a 40 inch or below 40 inch belly then there are a whole range of different techniques that's independent of anything else that's going on in my life that I can use to get there. So that, that's that's kind of how I look at these objectives. I don't go, I want to be happier. Yeah, you get to happy through how you achieve things. You know, so I'm going to say, I'm going to spend more time with my, you know, communicating with my friends. I am going to do this. And 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 then from that I help it 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 really helps given how dynamic my life is to to work out how I'm doing throughout the year, but it's very easy to keep track of. Well said. Uh, Mudcat, what are uh, some ways that you approach kind of the end of the year and planning for next year and and so on? Yeah, this is, I am also a big fan of the smart goals. Um, Working towards concrete things that are doable, knowable, I'm not looking for a vague sense of satisfaction. I'm looking for, you know, concrete deliverables. Uh, This year has been a little different, usually just because of the election cycle. This is a process that really happens for me in November. Have the elections the first week in November. You spend the next couple of weeks um, retooling and thinking about what you're going to do for next year. So, you know, I'm very much on a November to November cycle that way. Some of the things... Some of the ways that I've thought about this, this in the past, I've, I've very much been on the Liam system in that there's you know, things I want to see happen personally, financially, in terms of my health. And my measurement for health has always been uh, not belly size, but body fat composition. And you know, this year that has very much gone by the wayside. <laughs> um <clears throat> So, you know, part of the the thinking for next year is that I actually have to get back into the gym. Um, but there has been this year, as as I've been doing this for the last month or so, it's been really different because in previous years, I've thought, oh, you know, I'd like to, to be the sort of person who travels more, who has seen more of the world and <clears throat> can speak, you know, be more erudite. Um or I want to be the sort of person who has, you know, more stuff, better stuff, has got, you know, access to different experiences and different people. Um, like I need to add these sorts of things to my life in order to to be, you know, the next evolution of myself in the current year, to be the next, you know, to, to move forward. Um, and doing that this year, expecting a kid has been different um, because there's, you know, when you're planning for yourself and a family and for other people, it's not necessarily a given that changing your life in a structural way or or becoming a different person doing different things um, is not necessarily going to be best for everybody. So the question is really about like, how do we maintain the machine that we've got? How do we, you know, put ourselves in a situation where we're going to be able to consistently deliver, you know, a stable experience year in and year out. And so this year I've been thinking a lot more about, you know, it's kind of the, I said machine, the mechanics that go into, you know, sustaining our life and how to make those more efficient, better, easier. You know, how can we make the same amount of money from the same places using less time? How can we be more efficient? 
tough challenges to be sure. It's that that thought of year over year improvement isn't necessarily the goal. At some point it's, you know, I want to achieve the same level, but easier. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's a very good exercise that uh, isn't as sexy. Uh, it doesn't make for good ads, uh, <laughs> but no, but you, you know what I mean? Like we're like, you know, we're consuming culture and as the year ends, everybody's thinking, you know, like, hey, gym memberships are like, you know, end of year sales, like buy this, buy that, uh, you know, and, and that worked out really well for the Peloton people. Bless, bless Ryan Reynolds and, and yeah. the follow up ad. That was freaking hilarious. <laughs> um, that ad wasn't that bad. Yeah. That ad wasn't that scary. Like there was no point watching that ad that I think, oh, this is going to ruin a lot of people's lives. I, I I agree on both fronts. I think I think there was a there was a whole bunch of of people just piling on for the sake of it, and you know I, I thought some parts of it were in, were in, in, engaging. Um, I think they should possibly have remo- released a couple of different ads showing a broader spread, but you know I was just like going, yeah, it's Peloton. It, it it's you know, they they kind of actually really knew who they from what I know they really understood their audience dynamic and what was motivating them and and they really targeted that segment of the audience that's probably ninety percent of the people who can pay whatever it is five thousand dollars for a peloton or whatever pelotons cost these days. Yeah, I, I, think, um, I think I did think that Ryan Reynolds was was very and his team were 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 on point in being able to jump on the back of it and turn it into something very funny. Yeah. Yes. I, and I think this is, this is a, a future episode I would like to see us try is like this whole, you know, cancel culture or pile on culture or whatever it is that like, you know, right. Someone wrote an article about this ad and now suddenly like, you know, they lost something like 20% of their stock value. Yeah, it was, it was stupid. It was, it was ridiculous. Like, was the ad maybe a little tone deaf? Probably. But eh. so are a lot of ads. Yeah, as somebody who so you know, a lot of people. TV ads for a living, uh, I got I to gotta say, the biggest disservice that their marketing firm did to them was not in the execution of that ad. And if I was thinking national buy, I probably would not, that would have died in a creative meeting in our shop. But the, the fact that they did, that they did a national rollout for that ad instead of micro targeting Mm. to the women who, that who would be moved by that ad. It, it's not a failure of imagination. It's a failure of targeting. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like their ad firm just did not do a great job for them in that moment. It sounds like Peloton needs to pay the modern dandies <laughs> and, to, and maybe give us some <laughs> so just, we could do I'm a just, better I'm ad. Just looking, I'm just looking around my 1,000-square-foot apartment going, I don't think I can fit a Peloton in here. Now, what I'm going to do, replace the bar? Just put the bar <laughs> on the Peloton. <laughs> now that that's a creative problem that as a as a former product manager that I can I can thoroughly deal with is is that I'm gonna create the Peloton Martini machine. Ooh. <laughs> See now we're getting somewhere. We could do we could be doing like episodes on the Peloton. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have a friend who used to race BMX bikes uh, BMX bikes professionally and he hates that company uh, um, uh peloton anyway not a sponsor mm. yet well, let's transition to like fun parts um oh wait i didn't say anything how do i get approached you know i used to be the kind of person where january d- was 365 days away up until december 31st um like january just didn't exist until i was on the holiday break and then i'd be like oh crap what am i doing in two weeks um but I was also a really bad planner until about a year ago. I have this year in particular started to become kind of a new year's resolution start today. Like just what, when you think of the idea, start Mm. to formulate it. Like I don't, I've tried to get myself away from, okay, on Monday, I'm going to start doing this. It's just that, you know what, just, just start today and it doesn't have to be perfect. And that was, 
38 years in the making of being able to say that like, this is not, I'm not a superhero or something. It was just like, I found that if I said that, Oh, I'm going to start that day. I would lose the momentum by the time that that day showed up and it would fail right away. So I had to, I recognize that I'm the person that I, if I notice something that I need to change or want to change, I have to start immediately. Even if it's a half-assed plan, I can at least start. And then as I'm trying to formulate it into something better, uh, I can keep doing that. Like this podcast is a great example. It started with Liam and I on a train and that sounded like garbage. <laughs> I'll release it. I'll release it at some point. <laughs> but it was it wasn't well thought it was out. A really fucking good discussion. <laughs> I know. Well, because it wasn't thought out. It was like you know we got to start. Like if 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 we don't yeah. just pull the mics out and hit record, it's not going to get started. So I am the kind of person that doesn't necessarily think January one is like okay, let's go. It's just whatever it ends up being. And like we said before, it has to be something that's like okay, I'm going to achieve this, and then that's going to be. Not the solution, by the way, to whatever problem. It's just going to be a step in the right direction. I, I think that's a really interesting point because, uh, and, and a bit of an insight, is that New Year's resolutions are a form of procrastination. And I regard it as just a convenient checkpoint. And that like a lot of times I'll carry over objectives from my previous year and then I'll tune them a little bit. It's like, so I have this thing about I learn to cook one new cuisine or one new cooking, at least one new cooking thing a year. Sometimes I do more, sometimes I do less. Uh, but it, it, it's, you know, okay, so did that one. Okay, what's going to be next? So a lot of these things have been things that I, it's, are things just to encourage me to continue doing things, not necessarily start new things. So it's a checkpoint in a continuum, but I think it's a really great point about, and I think that's why I don't like the traditional resolutions so much, is that, if you're determined to do something, yeah, you know, just fucking do it. And yeah, just and start. Go, well, I'm going to start that on the first of January. Ah, oh, bullshit. You know, start now. I think that's a, I think that's a really good insight. The thing about picking an arbitrary date to start something is that it's arbitrary. And and so yeah, like I'm going to do this next Monday. Okay, well, nah, about Tuesday or next Thursday or never. And you just, you get pushing them, you get to push them off. And I've never been a resolution guy myself. Um, it's just like, I think for that reason, they just never work for me. Uh, it's also interesting for me because the first of January is also my birthday. So it, it is a reflection point uh, no matter what. And one thing that was different this year, sort of on, to, to sort of put a little bow around all of this like I, I'm in this business coaching group and we actually have like quarterly check-ins on not just business goals, but personal goals as well. And so I've, I've had to be a little bit more accountable on those. So, you know, I guess it's a little resolution-y, but I, I'm also in the like, all right, I need to make some changes. Like we're not starting that in two months. We're going to start that today. Yeah, Absolutely. Great point. I think in the effort of time, I'm going to skip what's your favorite part of the holiday season, unless someone's really got like a good solid one. <laughs> Food. Do you do you want to do it real quickly? Like, what's your what's your favorite part? Eating. I, I love eating. All the good food comes out. <laughs> uh, I'm just going. I'm just going with, with with food. Aside from that, it's just like I, I'm. Uh. Uh. Meh. You know, the gift giving and things it actually just builds on what we were just saying. If you like someone, show that appreciation during the year. You know, there's, there's artificial things. I'm not a religious person. Um, that all kind of like is eh. But food, I'm totally into food. It's like yeah, Diwali, you know, Christmas, uh, Hanukkah, whatever it is. It's like it's like the you know, end of Ramadan. You know, roll those feasts out. Totally in for that. Uh, any any good excuse for a, for a, a high quality feeding frenzy uh, totally down <laughs> all the rest of it eh. anyone else quickly on uh, favorite part of the holiday season I'm definitely down for the food and also you know the, the one thing about the holiday parties that you know is really nice is there there are people you don't get to see throughout the year or you know one of the things that's been really hard for me lately has been slowing down enough to just like appreciate my friends. 
So, you know, sort of the, the forced socialization of the holiday parties, it's a nice way to just reconnect with folks. That is true. There is a good social aspect to it. And it is nice uh, with, with the U.S. corporate culture of the working culture. It is that time where, uh, unlike Europe, we get a substantial amount of time off from work where it's not looked down upon if you're not working, where you do get to uh, reconnect socially. So that is nice. I wish we had a little bit more of a European culture where we had the longer summer breaks and just longer breaks in general where we could have that work-life balance. But Because I think that is a little bit preventative. And one of the, I don't know if it's unique because I only have my perspective, but the holidays as it is with the family gatherings and so on, it is a little bit forced and pushed and stressful sometimes because it's one Mm. of the only opportunities that we get of having more than just a few days you know, some people are lucky enough to get two weeks at the end of the year. Uh, not everybody still uh, with with retail therapy that we have. That's an interesting take on it. I hadn't thought about it. I always looked at it as a pain, the, the gathering because of the forced feeling of it. Mm-hmm. But now having being able to step back and realize why it's forced, because there aren't opportunities for so many of the family or the social family or the friend family to be able to take that time off at the same time. Uh, so that is, that is nice. I think, think for me with, and it, it does revolve around the food and the friendship was, was like with Thanksgiving, not having family in the U S uh, it, and, and again, when I was in London, there wasn't a lot of family there. My sister lived near to London for some part of the time that I was there, but it was, it was always like, like friendsmas and and friendsgiving and and so that was a great time for a lot of my friends and the people that we we would relate with who didn't have a lot of extended family or some of them who did have family but also wanted to connect with their friends to get together and and you know, share cooking is that the similar to what we did a, a couple of years ago where when we came up to to Brooklyn where you know, your friends allowed Ems and I to have the the apartment, and so we had the two apartments. So we had both kitchens going, and we were swapping from apartment to apartment, uh, having having different courses for for Thanksgiving. Um, for me, the you know, food and friendship. So extending my point from food, but the food and friendship thing is 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 key, partly because I I really don't have that. Uh, domestic family connection. Uh, and again, while we were out in California over Thanksgiving was Emily's mom had bought us all a cruise out of Long Beach to, as, as in lieu of, of trying to get everyone together over Thanksgiving and then over Christmas. Uh, and, and, and I think that was really, that's really nice. It's really good for the family there. Um, and, uh, and, and I was, I was trying to be in my best behavior and only mildly lead people astray in, in like cocktails and drinking. what is a message that you would like to leave our listeners with as we close out for the year uh mudcat what what's a message you would like to share i'm pretty sure that the obligatory holiday message oh it's the end of the year what do you want people to know uh i'm pretty sure that the only correct answer to this is you know peace on earth and goodwill towards men all right like that's how this is supposed to go Works for me. Yeah, right. Yeah, shit, man. Don't be a dick. <laughs> Don't be a dick. Also, another good shirt. <laughs> I was, was going to say, and I'm going I'm to take this one from Josh because he's reiterated a few times. And, and much as be nice, don't be a dick is like Liam's number one rule in life. I have to say the Bill and Ted be excellent to each other. And that just keep with the curiosity, keep with your confidence. Don't rise to other people's provocations and be excellent to each other, I think is, is just a deep breath. Keep that forefront in mind and particularly with everything that's going on and all of the stuff that goes on around the holiday season, you know, it's small things. Be excellent to each other is not, you know, be excellent to each other with a Rolex. It It's, just focus on those small things and your own behavior and how you react to things and just be excellent to each other. 
a, a very fine message. I like it because it's the positive uh, and it's taking that it's taking action as opposed to just withholding negative. I'm going to leave our listeners with a very special message. I've, I've prepared this. So uh, please forgive me while I read this because I want to make sure I get it right. Email us at the modern dandy. <laughs> we no, I'm just kidding. We, we, we really love receiving your emails. Listeners. Uh, we, we appreciate that uh, constructive criticism. We appreciate the compliments. Obviously uh, we like hearing from you. This is about involving the conversation outside of us. So we really do uh, appreciate that, uh, that time that it takes. It's fun to just consume podcasts and to listen, uh, but we encourage you to uh, voice your opinion as well. Uh, I think that you'll get uh, a good feeling of joy out of it from voicing your opinion. It's something that I've been able to do, uh, being able to share and to say things out loud, or if you just write it down, put your thoughts uh, into a tangible format and send it to us as an excuse. Um, it'll be fun. And you'll like it. And we will certainly like it and very much appreciate it. Even if you're saying negative things about us, we're still going to like it anyway, because it means you're thinking about us. <laughs> uh, so that's the message that I would just like to share uh, in all seriousness. Email us at themoderndandy.life. Like and subscribe uh, so that we can get free Pelotons and more suits from Indochino. <laughs> uh, okay, that, that was fun. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. See you guys soon.